0: In today's episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Garrett Gunderson. Garrett is a founder of Wealth Factory, an Inc. 500 company that has educated 350,000 entrepreneurs on effective ways to grow cash flow, plug financial leaks, and reach economic independence without sacrificing scrimping or becoming a Scrooge. He is a New York Times and Wall Street's number one I'm Best-selling author on personal finance book, killing sacred cows, overcoming the financial myths that are destroying your prosperity, as well as what would the Rockefellers do? How the wealthy get uh, how the wealthy get there and stay that way, and how you can do it too. And of course, two more books: Money Unmasked and I Am Money. And today we're speaking to Garrett about the money your money persona. So, how does your money persona limit? or help you with wealth? Let's find out. And remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. And once again, we have the amazing Garrett Gunderson. Welcome, Garrett.
1: Hey, good. that was fun. It's I love talking with you, even offline. We, we are having some fascinating conversations, so I look forward to sharing it with the listeners.
0: Thank you so much, Garrett. Garrett, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous we are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you
1: do. Well, first off, I've been married for 21 years and have two kids. So I'm a husband and a father and what i feel like the my favorite work is how do we create a legacy within our family by creating rituals traditions and symbols we actually have a family crest we actually have this family cabin it's kind of like a lodge that we go to on a regular basis We have these really cool traditions that we roast each other once a year around Christmas and tease each other and we laugh and love it. And then we have these summer Olympic games that we do where we pick dumb games and play against each other and have a lot of fun. So I feel like, you know, I'm raising two kids, an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old, and we've had fascinating conversations around money, around career, around purpose. My youngest opened up as a comedian for me when I filmed my comedy special when he was 13 years old, did it, uh, and he's super funny. And so, like, that's a big part of my life is how do I create a life I don't want to retire from and how do I live wealthy along the way instead of one day, someday? So one of my main messages is how do we create a life without sacrifice? Because a lot of times people sacrifice the best moments for one day, someday, and one day, someday is always in the horizon, always in the future. And it actually becomes habitual that leads to scarcity of either playing to win by chasing success or playing not to lose by holding on to what we got at the expense of our future. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I have written a lot of books around money and prosperity. Uh, I've created a lot of video courses around the same thing. And over the years, I had a firm where we worked with a lot of clients one-on-one and that still to this day. I bring people up to my lodge and we, we help them design a life that they love and go through their finances, their business and quality of life. And so I do that 24 times a year. And then I just love to write. I love to write and I love to date my wife. You know, uh, that's that's another thing that's like my favorite pastime. So yeah.
0: Wonderful. So Gareth, today we're talking about how your money personas either help or limit you. So let's talk through that. So how many money personas do you talk about?
1: There's four money personas, and there's the shadow side of the persona and the winning side of the persona. And so there's the miser who plays a game called preservation. Mm -hmm. They usually end up with money they won't spend because they're addicted to holding on to what they've got. Mm. There's the conservative that plays a game called accumulation and end up with funds that they can't spend because they're afraid they're never going to have enough. Mm -hmm. Those are both play not to lose. And then there's the two play to win personas which is the striver that plays a game called status Mm. and they think they can work harder to make more money but they inevitably burn out and then there's the high roller who plays a game called opportunity and is likely to end up bankrupt because taking on too much risk leads to short-lived riches or they cut corners so Mm. those are the shadow sides of the persona miser conservative striver and high roller and so (laughs) I wouldn't say that we're all of any one of those and at different phases of our life i've mm-hmm. played each one of those like when i first got married i was a miser because that's how i was raised mm-hmm. we pinch pennies we coupon clip we spent 10 hours to save three cents a gallon on gas you know there's like a lot of that kind of like hold on to what you got mentality and it wasn't great for my wife because when we went on this cruise for our honeymoon She wanted to buy a bag, but I was like, babe, why do you need to buy a bag? You already have a plastic bag they gave us on the way in, you know? Now, my wife was pretty smart because she made sure she was photographed with that bag in every single shot so that she could come back and tease me about not letting her buy a little bit nicer bag. That was the miser. Mm -hmm. I also, at a different phase a little later in life, was kind of playing the losing game of the conservative. And I remember her and I had a date night and she wanted to order a glass of wine. I was like, babe, a glass of wine? Have you ever heard of the Massachusetts investor trust fund? The first ever mutual fund created. If we invested a dollar, just $1 at its inception over a hundred years ago, now it'd be worth $1,207 and 33 cents. Now she didn't order the wine, which meant that, you know, date night was over and so was dinner. So mm-hmm. that was unfortunate. Then the longest period of time in my life has really been the striver. Mm. And the striver, you know, for me, like was the worst case scenario when my first son was born. Because I left the hospital early to go back to work, even though he was kind of hooked up to wires and machines. And my wife was in recovery and scared and mm-hmm. didn't even get a hold of him while I was gone. Because as a striver, I was just addicted to more and status and work. So, and then the high roller, I haven't been that too often, but I did dip my toe into high roller land once when my partner said, You can't drive the same car as our secretary if we're going to attract high end clients. So I bought a Bentley took some pictures of it on this place called the salt flats which is in a bunch of movies and here in utah where i live and someone on social media said i look like a pretentious douche which was true because (laughs) i was on the salt flats taking pictures of my car um it was pretty short lived but see those are the like based upon our upbringing like my family's mostly misers Mm. because You know, coal mines went on strike and they were coal miners or they my great grandfather had to live away from his wife for seven years because he had to live in a tent and save up up enough money for her to come to America. So Mm. like that's where a lot of this comes from is like experience and family belief systems and our pain and our and, and but most of them are really just from scarcity. From a mindset of believing there's never enough, or there's a lack, or that we've got to do all that we can, or that we are our money, and that our net worth and our self worth is exactly the same thing, or you know, all those kind of belief systems that kind of cloud us, put us in the shadow side of the money personas.
0: Okay, so that's 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 quite interesting actually. And as you were talking through, and I I was I was going through in my head, and I I, and I you know I I can relate to all four at some point in my life too, and I think Mm -hmm. I've been. I've been overly optimistic a lot of the time. So I think, especially in my younger years, oh, I never actually consider the downside. And then if I'm, the downside happened, oh, it doesn't matter, I'll make it again. And so I'm constantly making money and losing money, constantly making money and losing money in the past. Not, not, not so much now, but when I was younger.
1: So yeah. you feel like you're a high roller when you're younger?
0: I think so. I, I think when I was younger, I was, I was, I was much more, yeah, um, yeah. they make a
1: lot they lose a lot they make a lot they lose a lot yeah
0: but um, i mean the good thing out of it was would be that i've i've gained a lot of insight and those are lessons i will treat them as lessons rather than actually losses They're expensive yeah. lessons, but they're still lessons. And they're still wins winning. and
1: lessons instead of wins and losses, right?
0: Exactly, hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's take each one of these personas individually and let's unpack a little bit more. So let's go okay. with the first one. Let's go with the miser. So what is a miser, and what would be what would be the positive aspects of a miser, what would be the the, the shadow side? I think you mentioned some okay. shadow sides, but let's let's take yep. it individually, one at a time.
1: So let's start with the positive side. The positive mm-hmm. side of the miser is what I would call the mindful manager. The mindful manager is detail-oriented. They're mm-hmm. efficient, mm-hmm. and they're really great at improving things. Yeah, they're awesome for an organization that wants to reduce waste, enhance ideas, and and you know and, and that and be resourceful. Like that's yeah. what the mindful manager. Like I remember talking to someone, um, and they were when they were only thinking of themselves. There's only so much money that they can save. Mm. But when they started to go, what they actually were working in was they would go from casino to casino. And find out where they were inefficient hmm. and then they were averaging nine hundred thousand dollars of savings per casino wow. by finding out where they were inefficient that's the hmm. mindful manager and so to go from a shadow to a winning persona is simply when you start thinking in co-creation versus isolation or hmm. collaboration instead of competition hmm. and if we can get to co-creation or collaboration it takes an abundant mindset then the core structure is value creation and that value expands instead of hoarding which shrinks. And so mindful manager is the positive side of the miser.
0: And as you were saying this, I uh, there's, there's somebody I know that, that came to mind who is an excellent, excellent um mindful manager. But I can see um the the shadow side as well. And uh, I sort of smile because I'm I have various uh tactics I'm, I'm extremely patient too. I sort of smile and say, okay, I know how to deal with this and just smile and manage properly without being offensive to the, to the individual because they're not coming from a space of irritation or annoyance. They're just worried and concerned because the miser side is coming out. And but they are brilliant and uh, on the, the other side. So it's um it's interesting because I you know it you can see those around you. I think I you know and I have sometimes the sometimes when I am a brilliant mindful manager um, miser I don't ever see myself being but yes man, mindful manager yeah can be but I think other personas come and take me take more for hold on me. So that's that's mindful manager slash um, miser being the the shadow side. What's the second one?
1: So the conservative which isn't a political thought process it's just yeah. a fiscal thought yeah. process. Mm-hmm. their counterpart or winning persona is the planner. Mm. The planners stable. they're thoughtful. they're a very strategic person. Mm. They're really good for an organization that needs proformas and projections and wants to monitor the effectiveness and efficiency of an initiative or plan for contingencies. Mm. So CFOs can be this way a lot of times, right? Um, that, that's kind of that planner segment. They can be very consistent amidst chaos. And mm. so, for example, there's this planner that uh, when I met him, he was a conservative. Everything was about funding the retirement plan. Mm. And his wife told me, she goes, he just all he thinks about his money, all he talks about his money, we you know, it's always about our like, what can we set aside and how much is in the retirement plan. And then he came to this one day workshop way back in the day 2005. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about cash flow and a different wealth framework. And he was like, you know what, I don't even like my job as an engineer. I have to design airplane engines and i just smell airplane gas in the place that we're designing them all the time i just am sick of it he says i'm gonna put my skills to better use and so he decided as his investor dna to do real estate mm-hmm. because he was really good at analyzing He was really good at looking at spreadsheets he's really good at looking what growth patterns there could be and he bought single family homes until he replaced his income he did it in 362 days now mm-hmm. only a planner would probably do what he did He he went and he said, all right, where could we cut out some expenses and then take that money to go towards this real estate? Mm -hmm. And where can I find 20 hours a week to work on real estate while I still keep my full-time job? And he was able to do this, right? And it it changed their life because once he had financial independence where enough cash flow came in Mm -hmm. from the assets, it meant every dollar he then could work on would bring in 100% more towards assets instead of covering his lifestyle. And this Mm -hmm. is what he did. He came to me and said, I want to work with you. And I was like, okay, I, I don't really have an open position. He goes, well, I wrote this report. I call it cash flow optimization. And I think if people restructure their loans or renegotiate their interest rates or reallocate their funds from low interest earning accounts to pay off higher interest rate loans, they could save thousands of dollars per month. Hmm. And he showed me this and I was like, this is brilliant. So that was the planner in him. He hmm. could look and go, here's where there's inefficient money. And we can really help people to understand how to improve their cash flow. And so that's that planner versus when he was a conservative, it was just about how much he could save into his retirement account versus what he could do to build more value for these organizations by understanding their details. Hmm. I
0: mean, it's, isn't it funny how the positive sides are really, really positive? It doesn't matter which persona you have, you can actually become really, really abundant. And because it has... Um, it has different ways for you to be, you know, to tap into your zone of genius and create that wealth and abundance for yourself. So Absolutely. it doesn't matter which, which, which you which one you are. And um, we all have our own talents. We all are, have our specialties. We all have our unique abilities, and they all allow us to create that abundance. That, that way, entailing that universe, God isn't unfair. You know, the talents present. You know, it may not be the same talent, but is present in every single one of us. Okay, yeah. so that's the second one. What about the third one?
1: So the third one is the striver for the shadow persona or the creator for mm-hmm. the winning persona. right. The creator is an artist or an inventor or an entrepreneur. Mm. So they, they lead with innovation and ingenuity and they create new ways for people to add value. Right. So that's really that that you know creator. So a lot of entrepreneurs fall in that category for sure. You know, I I would say that that's the winning persona for me most of the time is the Mm -hmm. creator. I like to write. I like to do these podcasts. I like to, you know, um, be on video. I like to think through strategy, um, invent new ways to do business. Like that's all kind of the winning side of that.
0: Wonderful. And if you talk more about the shadow side.
1: So the shadow side of the striver would be. I will work harder to make more money at all expenses. So the, the striver is frenetic. They are exhaustive. They are like, I will outwork anyone. And I don't care if it's 16 hours a day or 20 hours a day, I just eat, breathe and sleep work. And that's what the striver does. Cause they think they could just make more money in order to be better off but they they burn out because it it eventually exhausts them Mm. um and and you see a lot of this and there's a lot of that hustle and grind and work and more and Mm. bigger and faster and that's like what a lot of the the stuff is out there around business
0: I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Is, At the moment, yeah. Know. I mean, especially, I mean, I, I, the certain names come to mind and I respect them a lot, like Gary Vee and so forth. I really and Grant Condon, really highly respect them. They're, they're amazing individuals, but the hustle, hustle, hustle attitude it, it's, it's not productive for everybody. Let's just say that. Like, you know, right. may, and, maybe and it's funny because
1: those are the first two names that come to mind for me. Hmm. And I will say this I feel like Gary V has evolved, like the hmm. crush it version of Gary Vee. Was I will work 20 hours a day and outwork everybody that's exist- yeah. in existence. Mm-hmm. But last time I heard him speak, he was like, had a personal trainer. He was starting to give thought to like what it meant to be in a family. Like, and, and I see his writing has changed a little bit because it used to just be like outwork. Yeah. Grant, on the other hand, Grant's all about work. Like, when yeah. I, I interviewed him a couple times and I, he had some, I did you celebrate the win? He goes, No, I'm on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this is like, You know, I don't like I don't mean to be critical of anything. I just want to point out Mm. like if your goal is to be a billionaire, it's a pretty miserable life because what does having becoming a billionaire have to do with quality of life? Yes, you can buy a private jet, but you have to use it because you have so many things on your plate and you can't buy back the memories you never have. And strivers think that one day they're going to flip a switch and now everything's going to be less busy, but it's habitual. It's like an addiction. It's workaholism. And Mm -hmm. typically it's because they're trying to show people their value versus feel their value. Look at what I can buy. Look at what I could do. And what I found is when I am in that mode, it's actually off-putting not connective. Like when I'm like, look at my Bentley. They're like, thanks douche. You know, when I'm like, Hey, look at this. Like, what people want is to be seen, not to be shown. Yeah. They want someone Understood. to see them and feel like to cheer them on. The yeah. people that I'm like most connected to are the ones that are always like rooting for me and like helping me, not the people that I have to prove anything to. Mm-hmm. Like some of the – and the problem is we make a lot of these strivers our heroes. Like yeah. Michael Jordan is one of the greatest athletes of all time. but had a chip on his shoulder and was always bitter. Yeah, so, yeah, always,
0: always bitter. Oh, I mean, he was an amazing athlete, but as a person, he was always bitter, and he's always out right. to prove himself. You know, he's you know, I'm good, I'm the best, I'm the best. And it's it's when you're saying this, and I I think I've naturally, I mean, I, I I'm not I don't like showing materialistic things. I don't like, I talk about certain things about myself because I'm, I am in I'm in the public arena, and I I share my story and my journey, and it's, it's quite I think it's useful for people to know where I was, and you know, especially after my divorce and where I am now. So it gives people hope. But again, I do very little of that. And when people meet me in person, they realize, oh, you're so down to earth. And I'm not being down to earth on purpose. It's just who I am. And I would go, I remember the recent company that I bought. I personally sat down with every single individual and I remember talking to them. And I I don't think they cared that much the fact that I bought the company. They cared the fact that I gave them the 15, 20 minutes of my time individually, spoke to them about them, who they were, and I gave I remember I gave the 18-year-old the, the same time that I gave his dad um, and I spoke to him about his aspirations and so forth. I think that was a memory that he would cherish, more than the fact that, you know, this woman coming in and has bought this company is doing X, Y, and Z. So it's not about what, you know, I'm brilliant. It was more about, okay, you're amazing, you're fantastic, and your colleagues think that about you too, and so forth. And that is more valuable and people value and, and, and appreciate that more. I when I shared few people that I bought my company and with a few people. Couple people were happy, they like, and they weren't really interested. I was happy as so I was sharing, but most people didn't care. And I wasn't being pompous. I was just, I was just over the mood that you know we managed to get this company after uh, after months of striving. But it's, I agree with you. It's people don't care what you have; they care about how you make them feel. And this is the this is the important uh, factor. And I and I, I think about as you were talking, I was thinking about you know this persona probably resonates with my with my ex-partner and he's also a narcissist so that's another story but he really was about showing and you know i'm this and that and this and i remember you know in my life now i i would be seen as you know financially very well thought you know so (laughs) forth but i remember thinking when i had my daughter and my even when my big son's a baby these years are more important to me i don't mind being in you know crappy clothes and whatever else and driving, whatever, and whatever have you, as long as I get to spend that time with my kids, because I knew money is something that I can always make and I will make later. i made it before I will make it again later. This, these years will not go. And one of the biggest gambles in my life that I took, well, seen as a gamble. I don't think it was a gamble. I thought it was again, calculated risk. My father thought it was a big gamble is when I, when I was gained, when I got divorced from my partner, that's about seven years ago, I had the option to go back to law and become a, I was a banking and finance lawyer to go back and become a lawyer again. But I remember thinking I would be spending 70, 80 hours outside of my home and these kids who hardly see their father will be literally be brought up by nannies. There's no way around because mommy won't be around. Mommy cannot be around because mommy will be making money trying to feed them. And I remember deciding that, no, I will start a business from home even until that point, nothing was working. But I took the risk of saying, no, I'll stay home and we'll live in whatever we work and afford. But mummy will be home, and my kids will grow up and see mum. Now that can be seen as a gamble. I didn't see think it was. I thought it was more important for my kids to see me than to for them to have, you know, cars or whatever else. Yes. And now it's worked out in the way that I've been able to be around my kids, be you know, be there for making sure that I can cook food from whatever else, and they, they see mummy first thing in the morning and last thing at night. At the same time, I have thriving multiple you know, seven businesses. But it does pay off because my priority was my children. It still is my children. I, I see myself as a full-time mother and a part-time business owner because my primary role is a mother. I think this is more important because we have, we have to, we have to know that this time with our family, with our children, is never going to come back. My kid is never once my one of my kids. Uh, Child is fifteen or sixteen. The other ones at twelve. They're never going to be 16 and 12 again. Last right. year, fifteen and eleven have gone. Five and nine have gone. They're never going to come back. Yep. so I think that's important but I remember yep. just thinking about this thing I was thinking whenever I used to talk to my ex I should tell him all the time like you need to spend more time with your family you know because they're never going to be two they're never going to be three and yeah. I remember him being coming home and he used to stay away from Monday to Friday and he used to come home on the weekends and the weekends he was spent sleeping and I have to just you know argue with him to even spend like an hour with him in the park or something so you know that's another story but I rem- and you say, "Let me make money now, and I'll spend time with them later." Let me make money now. Let me spend time with them later. Now there were alternatives. That's what
1: Strivers say. That's yeah. the mantra of the Striver, and yeah. they also lie and say, "I'm doing this for the family." They're not. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing I'm it for doing their own. Who am I satisfaction. doing this for? Yeah. Who am I doing yeah, this doing... for? I'm doing. I'm doing look, for you guys.
1: I've I've said that to my wife long ago, and she stood up to me, and she's like, "Is this the life that you really want?" Mm-hmm. And thankfully, she was patient and powerful, and I was like, "You're right." Uh, it's never going to get better if I don't make it better now. Yeah. And we'll never buy back the memories that we don't have and and thankfully that she stood up, she yeah. stood up to it and you know and i and I listened, and our life is so much richer because of it yeah. and that's what it is like what does it take to live a rich life see the 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 striver really does want to earn the status where the high yeah. roller doesn't care whether it's real high yeah. roller will rent a car and pretend it's theirs a high roller will rent a home and take pictures or be on a private jet once and act like it's theirs where the striver absolutely wants to earn it mm. so that's the difference between the striver and the high roller in the persona side you know but the high roller's mm. the counterpart their there's their winning persona is amazing it's the catalyst mm. a visionary a mover and shaker a connector They Mm. think and play big and show us ways we can all win together. So the catalyst gets things moving, Mm. which is great. The high roller takes on too much risk and is too volatile.
0: Yeah. And as you speak, you were saying that I think I can see the high roller in me, but I can see the other side of me as well, the the connector and the creative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm all about... How can I make you feel good about yourself? How can I, how can I give you the confidence that you are lacking, even though it's not false, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not false um you know uh, compliments, they're genuine compliments. And I and I go in and, and I come with genuine compliments that like, you're amazing at this, you're brilliant at this, you're fantastic at this. And people, um, I think initially that when they're you know when they first <laughs> meet me, they're a bit like, oh, okay, I you know, where is she coming from? When they get to know me, they realize. She's giving them general compliments because that's who I am. But yeah. that's not normal, I think, in this day and age. That's,
1: a catalyst is so good at complimenting people. Yeah. They really are abundant enough to acknowledge. Like, the catalyst in my life introduced me better than I could ever introduce myself. I wouldn't, mm. you know, it's like, wow, they just see you and they, mm. and they connect people. And it's really great. It's really, it's really <laughs> special if you have catalysts in your life. It just makes your life so much richer and, yeah. and it's great. You know, like, I'm a catalyst in certain circumstances. I like to connect people. But if I'm given my choice of the winning personas, I'm gonna naturally be a creator. I love yeah. to write. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. to do what we're doing here, right? But I also do love the connection. It's just my primary is going to be creation first, catalyst second. I'm not really great at the details of looking at a balance sheet. I can do it. I don't. I'm love not to do either. It.
0: I, I'm good right? at math, and yes, I, I. It's not that. That doesn't excite me at all. I have to say. Right.
1: Well, that's what people need to understand, because I think you and I are we have a lot of similar philosophies and mm-hmm. we view the world very similarly. And because we both know a lot about money, people think we know a lot about spreadsheets. But the reality is we know conceptually how money works and philosophically yeah. what money is, which mm-hmm. is the most important part. And the, the other part is just the tracking mechanism to the philosophy. If you don't understand philosophically what money yeah. is. Tracking numbers will be a limitation, not actually helpful because you'll get stuck in the myopic view of scarcity versus the value exchange of abundance.
0: 100%. And you can always hire really these amazing experts to do that for you. They like doing it. Yeah. And you can have um, management accountants and CFOs who can help you along um, in the process. And so you don't have to worry about the microscopic numbers that's what they're for they can help you build the, you know the the cash flow yeah. you know forecast they can help you build you know through the management accounts you can have your vision and they can help you build that vision with through numbers but you need to have the vision in the first place and so let, let's find this one you know as we wrap this up as you were talking i found that i myself like i'm i, I would say you know i'm between um you know a creator and um and a connector so i'm, I'm more for you know the, the the last two and i can see the yeah. shadow side but i can see the shadow side more from the you know the high roller that's probably me more yep. than any, any other persona so is that is that the case you found that a lot of people they overlap and uh, they have yeah. you know some of, primary
1: a... and secondary okay. primary and secondary so then i would be You're a primary
0: probably... yeah okay, a crater yeah, and
1: like... a, a... no yeah so i like primary... the playing not to lose side yeah people are probably conservative, primary, miser, secondary, are the playing to win side, you might be primary catalyst or primary, you know, creator, and then the other one's a secondary. So like, it's just because it's on that side of the equation, are either playing not to lose or playing to win. Now, the whole secret in my book, Money Unmasked, Mm -hmm. is how do you come from a place of abundance, that you create a life you don't want to retire from and a winning game from the beginning, Mm -hmm. so you stay in your winning persona. And enjoy life along the way. So, your quality of life is enhanced yeah. and that you find the win in the work, not the win in when you stop working. Like, yeah. never retire from value creation. Retire from the things you hate. It might take a while to figure out what that life of value creation is. Yeah. Seven years ago, you made this choice that has set you up today to be able to yeah. do what you do. Yeah. But that choice was difficult. That choice was uncertain. That mm-hmm. choice was calculated risk. A lot of people are so stuck because they have too much consumer debt because they have too much identity wrapped into the stuff that they have. Yeah. And ultimately, what would happen if our life was an expression of value creation in a way that wasn't just work that we didn't want to do, but because it had good benefits or we yeah. started it at an early age? Like, I get that it takes a leap of faith to treat ourselves like our greatest asset and mm-hmm. to invest fully in ourselves, but it's worth it. And, and look, I'm here to promise you, there will be mistakes. There will be... Lessons along the way. It's just part of being alive. Nobody's Process. written a story yet where, they're like, mm-hmm. this person was born, they lived a perfect life, and at the end, they were rewarded with nothing but happiness. Like, there's always that up and down and that ebb and flow, and that's part yeah. of how we evolve as human beings.
0: I, I would go so much, um, I would go and add the fact that the bigger the life that you're going to play, the bigger the mistakes you have to make, and the bigger the life lessons. And I, you know, I, there's a, there's a saying by one of the pastors and I love, I love listening to pastors, by the way, you know, certain pastors, I absolutely love and adore listening to them, even though I'm Muslim, but I do it for not, not for a religious point of view, I just love the message that they have. And uh, this one particular pastor kept talking about how, you know, when you, and when you pull back an arrow, the further back you pull, the further ahead it goes. And if you look at your life, there are times when you had, you literally feel like you've been pulled back so much. and think, okay, how? Mm. Well, what more can I do? How else can I get out? But when you are let go and when you fly, you really do fly. Yeah. And if I look upon my life and, you know, the the, the things that happened, happened, if you looked at my life seven years ago in 2016, you would think, oh my God, poor ghoul, she's had one bad luck after the other and blah, 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 blah. You would literally, you can say to me, I didn't feel it, but you would, a lot of people would say it. And now, seven years later, you think, oh my God, she's so lucky. She's got this and this and this. Again, I don't feel I'm lucky. I just think I'm very good at, you know, handling situations. But again, I feel that as I was pulled back, I've been able to shoot that much further. But the lessons I've learned... And the knowledge I acquired and the knowledge I acquired, especially about myself, who I am and who Gul is, has been truly beneficial in in me creating the life that I have today. And so unless you go through these difficult times, these difficult lessons, you cannot create a a life of, you know, your dreams, so to speak. The bigger the lesson, the bigger the downfall, the greater the rise and the greater the creation of your life.
1: Well said. Well said. I fully agree.
0: Awesome. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up too. We've gone over the half an hour mark again, but hey, it's been a fantastic conversation. So tell us, Garrett, how can we find you? Where can we connect with you on the internet?
1: Everything that we just talked about at moneyunmasked.com. Unmasked. So if they go there, that's my newest book. It's on the money personas. And then garrettgunderson.com is my main site for just, you know, if you want to read my blog or check out different resources or hear what people are saying. We only put the nice stuff. We should start putting the mean stuff because I get some of that too, but you could find that on YouTube. oh
0: plenty of that plenty of that on youtube yeah. isn't it? <laughs> anyway so if you are listening to us on the podcast the links that Gareth has just mentioned will be on the show notes and if you're watching the youtube down below in the description section we will have his links too as well go check him out he's amazing and uh, really really interesting to talk to us so, you know and listen to so go check him out and see how he can help you and how he can help you to build a better life and better business well on that note thank you so much Gareth. for just an interesting conversation both for friday future and to Day. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to me and Gareth today. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is GoCon signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website,